Welcome to Grace Life Church Podcast. If you would like any more information about us, please visit our website, gracelife.com.au. What a blessing to be here this morning and um, you know God in many ways this morning has already spoken his message to us. Um, You will hear something this morning that we have sung about, that Josie shared about, that Globern has sung about, that Josh has shared about, um, which always really excites the way Holy Spirit just coordinates what it is that he wants to say because that's our prayer. Lord, what is it that you want to say to us as a family this morning? You know, there are many, many scriptures um, in the New Testament, well, in the Bible overall, about love. In fact, really the whole Bible is about love. You know, when Jesus was asked his commandment in the law, Jesus said that you will love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind and all your strength, and that the second would be like it, that we would love one another as we would love ourselves. Jesus put love at the centre. You know, Paul says that there is absolutely nothing that can separate us from the love of God, which is found in Christ Jesus our Lord. John said that the world is gone, that we are disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ by the love that we have one for another. I find that challenging. I don't know about you. In 1 Corinthians 13, Paul says that everything we say, everything we do, everything we sacrifice must be an expression of love. It must be an outworking of love. Otherwise, it's pretty much useless. Ooh. You know, so in the New Testament, that word, or we, we say agape, agape love, we kind of take that straight from the Greek. If you want to know how your agape love's going, sit down with Holy Spirit with 1 Corinthians 13 and just go through that list. You know, we don't compare with one another, but we certainly do hold up the scriptures as a mirror and allow ourselves to um, be compared to the Word of God. You know, in references to love in the New Testament, and 73 of those were written by the Apostle John. That's 31%. 31% of the references to love in the New Testament were written by the Apostle John. You know, love is a huge topic. It's as big as God himself. Because John says that God is love. And so we're just going to look at one little aspect today. John, chapter 4. And we're going to look at verses 7 to 19, but in three parts. So initially we're going to look at 1 John 4, verses 7 to 11. Say, beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not, for God is love. In this, the love of God was manifested toward us, that God has sent his only begotten son into the world, that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we loved God, 
but that he loved us and sent his son to be the sacrifice for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought... There's a lot of love in those verses. There's a lot of love in those verses. And again, I would encourage us, you know, um, have a little taste this morning, but go and sit with God with these verses because there's so much that he wants to show us. John says here that if we don't love, we don't know God. I guess the crawler is true. If we do love, we know God. How, how do we know who God is? And how do we know who we are? You know, in John chapter 5, verses 19 and 20, Jesus said, Most assuredly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of himself, but what he sees the Father do. For whatever he does, the Son also does in like manner. For the Father shows him all things that he himself does. How did Jesus know how to walk in love here on the earth? It was because he was in this intimate relationship with his Father. He saw what the Father was doing um, and he did it in like manner. And the Father showed him because the Father loved him. You know, through our interest, it says in this verse that, through, that we might live through him, that we might live through him. We have the opportunity for that same kind of relationship, that face-to-face -face relationship with God that's characterised by joy. It's actually what we were created for. You know, God has made wonderful provision. We know from Psalm 139, it says made. And in this time that we live in, there's so much more known about how he has made us. We now know that God has made a part of our brain that's the only part of our brain that doesn't lose its capacity to grow. It can continue to grow all through our lives. The interesting thing there is that it's not there at birth. It grows as relationships and attachments develop. And so joy strength, joy strength is something that we can continue to develop. It occurs through a response to real joy-filled relationships, authentic bonded relationships or attachments that show real joy. Joy that says, I'm delighted to be with you. I'm delighted to be with you. You know, these bonds, these attachments are the connections that energise us, they motivate our actions, and they establish our identities. And the receiving and giving exchange in our bonds shapes our view of what's really important. We form these bonds through people. Just look at a baby with mum. You know, initially mum does everything and... You know, by about three to four weeks, you might get a little bit of a smile. Um, isn't that close, that close attachment? But as time goes on and the baby recognises that they're attached to mum, that mum's the one who feeds them, that mum's the one who cares for them. I'm not taking away from dads, okay? <laughs> I know you do too. But, you know, there's this, this attachment that occurs. You know, we see these bonds with people, but these bonds also occur with God. 
And with God, we're designed to form an eternal attachment. Uh, an attachment, the attachment that is sticky like kind of permanent glue. It cannot be pulled apart. It's intimate. It's secure. It's joyful. It's peaceful and restful. You know, through this attachment, we engage with God and we get to know who he is and who we really are. Because he's the only one who can actually tell us who we really are. He's the one who created us. And the more we experience and the more we can love God with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind, and with all our strength, and the better we can love others. Knowing God and knowing who we are. Let's go on to verses 12 to 16. No one has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love has been perfected or matured in us. We know that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us of his spirit. And we have seen and testified that the Father has sent the Son as saviour of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him and he in God. And we have known and believe the love that God has for us. God is love, and he who abides in love abides in God in him. A love that comes from an abiding, an abiding in God. You know, what John's describing here is a love bond, a connection, an attachment that is made by love. You know, love bonds are formed around healthy desire, around joy, and, about, and around seeking to be with people who are important to us. Motivate us to live in truth, closeness, joy, peace, perseverance, kindness, and authentic giving. Sounds a bit like 1 Corinthians 13, doesn't it? Wonder why. Um, you know, people share, when people share a love of bond, there's a special kind of energy that flows between them. You've seen people whose eyes meet and there's a sparkle that energises both. They look forward to being together, the closeness that they share. How can you tell if you're in a love-bonded relationship? Well, one of the easiest ways is by how you feel after you've been with that person. If you generally feel content, energised, secure and confident after being together, it's very likely that you have a love bond. And they tend to empower and bring out the best in us. To stay faithful under pressure, to help others to be all that they were created to be, to be willing to endure pain in order to be close to the ones that we love, and to tell the truth even when it hurts. We think about how God sees others. We're not controlled by fear because we know that there's always something more important that demands our attention and devotion. Relationship, relationships are the most important. Let's have a look at verses 17 to 19. It said, love has been perfected among us in this that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love. Love casts out fear, 
because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. There's some great news in there. And that's that there's no fear in love because mature love casts out fear. But there is an alternative that we see there. And there are fear bonds that involve torment. Fear bonds are another type of attachment. They're formed around avoiding negative feelings and pain. They energise people to avoid pain. Pain like rejection, fear, shame, humiliation, abandonment, guilt or even physical abuse. Bonds between people are governed by fear, anxiety builds as the time approaches to be together, or it can even develop from being apart. You typically feel anxious, tense, confused, or drained after being with a person, and if you do, the chances are that that relationship is based on fear bonds. You know, fear bonds typically revolve around these main fears. Firstly, the fear of rejection. The kind of thing that makes us say, I have to do everything I possibly can to make this relationship survive. Josie alerted us to the fact that over this week, Holy Spirit is going to remind and bring to our t the attention of some of us lies that we believe. There are lies that are associated with rejection. So fear of rejection. The sort of thing that, that, that makes us say, I can't stand having anyone angry at me. And fear of being shamed. I can't let anyone see my weakness or my faults. You know, the fear bonds or the love bonds that we experience during our formative years determine the way we motivate ourselves. When fearful, we threaten ourselves with what with what. what you can fill in the blank. If we don't get to work on time, if I don't lose weight, if I don't save money, if I don't keep my partner from getting mad. What will happen if we don't? If you find yourself thinking or saying those things, take that to God. That's something that he needs out. You know, we think about those things that can go wrong. We worry, we feel guilty, we run from shame, and we blame others. That's not terribly surprising. Adam and Eve did exactly the same things when they failed to love God by disobeying him in the Garden of Eden. It's been there from the beginning. But, you know, the really sad thing is that we can also with God always afraid that we aren't good enough, that we haven't done enough, that we're involved in the relationship with God to avoid judgment and punishment or to escape hell. And that's torment. That fear is torment, never knowing or experiencing that we're loved and accepted. Scriptures say that. Just knowing it here doesn't make it real for us. 
And God is a real God. He wants real relationship. He wants us to experience what we read in the scriptures. It's not just something for us to know and remember and be able to quote. It's where he wants us to live, where he wants us to dwell and abide, because that's where he is. How likely are we to want to spend time with a God if that's our motivation? How much joy are we going to experience in a relationship with a God that we feel we can never please, who's always going to judge us? What's our heart going to look like in that kind of relationship? You know, that's maybe about, sorry, I'm quickly doing some mental maths here, maybe about 14 years ago. That was my relationship with God. That was my relationship with God. I saw him as my judge, that I was never going to be good enough, no matter what I did. And just like Josie said, it was all down to what I had to do. I didn't understand grace. I wasn't living in grace. I'd seen God do amazing things in my life. I was absolutely saved. And, you know, God had, had led, um, you know, my husband and family and, and, and us to serve God in amazing situations. But the day came where God decided enough was enough. That was not how he intended for me to live in relationship with him. How God wants it to be for any of us. So how do we grow in love? How do we mature in love? With the result that fear with its consequent torment becomes less and less in our lives. You know, I think there are two key ways, practical ways, that I want to share with us today. The first is to grow in and cultivate joy. It grows when it's exercised. We need to make it a priority in our life. As scripture tells us that the joy of the Lord is our strength. The joy of the Lord is our strength. If you want to be strong in the Lord, find some space to cultivate joy. There can be, that can happen through a variety of ways. Let me just share you, with you, though, a way that um, is an easy way for every single one of us, and that's to develop a lifestyle of appreciation. Appreciation for God, appreciation for his world, appreciation for his people. You know, appreciation is more than saying thank you. It's actually experiencing with our whole brain and body a gratefulness to God. And again, the way God's made us, that then actually releases hormones in our body that increase our joy, increase our sense of peace and well-being, and actually increases our desire to bond and attach. Through that simple thing. You know, God says in everything, give thanks. There's a reason for it. He knows the power of it. You know, Joy occurs with people and with God. It involves remembering when we've experienced appreciated, reliving that memory, and then verbally expressing our appreciation either to that person or to God. 
the exciting thing is that as we engage with God and express our appreciation to him, he makes us aware of his presence with us. He's always with us. He never leaves us. He has promised that. He never leaves us. We're just not always aware, aware that, he's, that he's with us. But appreciation will increase our ability to know that he is with us. It's not just his presence, because, you know, he could be over in the corner of the room and I, I would be in his presence. In Hebrew, you know, throughout the, the Old Testament, we often see the word presence, but there's actually no word. The word is face. That changes things. That changes things, that if we're aware that his presence is actually to be face-to-face with him, to be face-to-face with him, that is what he wants. Because face-to-face is where is our source of greatest joy. And it opens the way for the kind of intimate, personal, real-time engagement with God we, we read throughout the New Testament that Jesus went aside to spend time with his father. What did he do in those times? He appreciated his father for who he is. He expressed it. He listened. He conversed backwards and forwards. We have that same opportunity to have that real-time conversation with, with God. We are spiritual beings in human bodies. And once we're made alive to Christ, we must hear from God. Because Jesus said that his sheep will hear his voice. It's not an option. How do we live this life in Christ if we don't hear from him? If we don't know what it is that is... You know, that voice might not necessarily be audible, but in the spirit. He says that he communicates spirit to spirit, but we may have a sense. It might be an impression. He might give us a picture. He might give us words. He might quicken a scripture. He can do it in all sorts of ways. Probably about eight years ago, it's possible to rewire our brains through appreciation. And I needed that. I needed that. My default setting was largely pessimistic. I would wake and think about the difficulties that I could be facing in the day. Not a great way to start the day. And so I decided to find out if this worked, that I would take five minutes when I first woke up, five minutes before I went to sleep at night, and I would engage with God in appreciation. I would appreciate, I would, I would talk to him about the things that I appreciated. You could also add, like Daniel did, one in the middle of the day. Okay. <laughs> but I didn't. I just did, I did morning and night. And I did that for 30 days. And I found there was a way that I woke up in the mornings. Not only in the mornings, even how I woke up in the middle of the night where I would generally wake up singing a song. Because our spirits don't sleep. Our bodies need rest. Our minds need rest. Our spirits are awake. 
God can communicate with us. Do we, do we position ourselves, even as we go to bed, to be able to engage with God? You know, he changed my default setting. I, I would challenge us. Try it. Try it. 30 days, appreciation, morning and night, something that you can feel appreciation for. Have that discussion with God and ask what he thinks about it. Ask what he thinks about it. So appreciation is one way to, is a way to increase our joy. And joy is the foundation of good, healthy relationships. It's the foundation of our strength. And then we also need to, how, do we, how are we going to grow and mature in love? I love this scripture from Ephesians chapter 3 and verses 14 to 19. It's not going up on the screen, but I'm, I'm going to read it. It says, For this reason, to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width height, to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God." There's about 50 sermons in there. Okay, and I'm not, gonna, I'm not even going to go there today, but the, we could know the love of God. That's an experiential knowing. That's not an up here knowing. It's not knowing about. It is actually knowing the love's knowledge. It goes beyond. That we may be filled with all the fullness of God. You know, transformation is not achieved through, by acts of our will. Let me say it again. Transformation in our hearts is not achieved by acts of our will, but rather by the work of Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's already had Josie share that with us. Our will is important, but it comes into play by choosing to position ourselves to receive what God wants to, us to receive directly from him. It's not by our working our work is to trust him, position ourselves to be able to receive from him. It says that, you know, the whole message of Galatians that, that we did just a, a couple of months, he who began a good work in us will complete it. He's begun the good work, he's going to complete it. So how do we receive from God? By believing and trusting that he wants to give us good things. Is that our attitude? Do we believe that God actually wants to give us good things? By anticipating and expecting to receive from him. By humbly presenting, by seeking and waiting. So what can this look like? Well, I'm just going to give you some examples from my past week. These are examples, just as we see throughout scripture. They're examples what were some of my appreciation times through the week? 
Well, I've determined now at breakfast time, as I sit and look out of the windows, that I'm not going to read emails. I'm not from enjoy my breakfast and the view that I can see out the windows. And I've got three windows that I can look out on. And there are fruit trees in blossom. There are birds that come into our garden. There's bougainvillea from next door that, that you know, hangs over our fence. To be present... That's something that we can do and that's something that, I've, that I'm increasingly doing. Be present. Enjoy what it is that we see in front of us. Appreciate the sun's warmth. Appreciate the beauty that we see, be it in nature or be it in one another. Do we just see one? Do we appreciate the smiles that people give us? Not just, oh, that's nice. Do we let it do something to our hearts? I remember people who are precious to me, my husband, my children, my grand faces lighting up as we see one another and appreciating them as a gift that God has given to me. I remember been through this past week remembering times of God's goodness to me in the past. Very often I remember the day he saved me. I go back to that memory. I sit in that place again. And I'm so, so grateful. Fair day, 1981, God came and saved me. I've appreciated God by anticipating his provision and his guidance for me in what's been a very full week for me. I've been intentional. I've been intentional in in being appreciative, in sitting in appreciation with God. Sometimes I sit and just ask God, what does he want to do? I was um, met up with somebody this week and and just doing some prayer ministry. And um, we start off by just asking, um, by appreciation, and then just asking God that very question. What does he want me to see? Hmm. Now... God shows me cartoons and he gave me a picture of, in a cartoon, of a flower that had like this big, bright pink scent, petals and a bee. And a bee had its head buried down into this pink centre. Well, I mean, it, it was lovely. You've got to understand, I cannot visualise. Naturally, I can't visualise. So I know when I get pictures, I know it's God. That's part of his special blessing for me, I think. So I saw this bee, and then this, this picture of this bee, and then this bee pulled its head out of the flower. This is so good. And, then, and it, had, it had pollen all over it, like all over its face, and then it put its head back in again. You think, now, what is that? But, you know, Jesus used parables. He used picture stories all the time to tell us something. And... The joy that that brought me, that that sense of, you know, God is doing good things. I need to bury my head in there and enjoy it. So, you know, something as a cartoon, I've had more weird cartoons than that, I can tell you. But um, what that did for me, reminded me that, that, you know, God, even as I'm waiting and, and helping minister to somebody else, God's still speaking to me. He's still blessing me, um, greatly enjoying what he showed me. You know, sometimes I journal um, conversations that I have with God. Um, Other times, 
I use that. So sometimes I, I just, just write the conversations, you know, God, da, 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 da. and then what I sense God's saying, and I write that, and then I might go back to him about that. But last Sunday, there's a group of us that meet after service who just want to practice engaging with God and, um, and w- with one another. And so I used a very specific um, format for journaling. Um, that after appreciating having a sense of God's presence with me, ask him to just show me the answers to these things. And it was, I can see. So this was from Jesus' perspective. I said, Jesus, what can you see? He can say, Ali, I can see that you're burdened. So what can you hear? And I sense Jesus say to me, I can hear you rehearsing all you have to remember. said, Jesus, do you understand how big this is for me? And he said, I understand that you want to meet all the needs presenting. And this is important for you because you love these people and you want to serve them well. Jesus, are you glad to be with me here? I'm so glad to be with you here. I appreciate your heart to serve well. Jesus says, I can do something here. Let me take the burden and instead you take my yoke. We can do this together. Learn how to do this with me in my rest. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. That's the face-to-face, real-time kind of relationship. And that's just an example you know, you and they would be able to give you examples of ways that they have engaged with God, heard from God. How have you attached with God? Do you have that personal, interactive, real-time engagement with God based on the experience of knowing that he's always there and he is so delighted to be with you? He is delighted to be with you. We are not He doesn't put up with us. He delights. He delights in us. He delights it when we are aware that he is with us. How easily can you become aware of his presence with you? Do you chat with him about both the good and the difficult things that happen in your day? Are you getting the answers that you... You know, this is the kind of relationship, this is the kind of love attachment that he wants with us and so, so much more. So how does Jesus see our relationship? Let's ask him. I'm just going to encourage us right now to sit with Holy Spirit and ask him that question. Our relationship. So I'm going to encourage you to tuck yourself away with God. Don't worry about the people that are around. Do you have the kind of relationship that you want with God? Are you wanting more? Is there something that's been shared this morning that God has quickened to you? 
We hope you've enjoyed listening to this podcast from Grace Life Church. For more information about us or any of our services, please visit our website at gracelife.com.au.